Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 73, we are recording on Tuesday, September 8th. I am your host, the ever-COVID-free, not-a-cake, Anthony Dietrich. I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, co-host, former mayor of Danger Bay and the most eligible bachelor in Tallahassee, Kevin Costello. What's good, my dude? You know, about half my school's testing positive for corona right now, but I am yeah. COVID-free. College football's back this weekend. I get to work my first, first sporting event since the Daytona 500, so I am pumped. We are in a full swing of sports, and it's, it's really a good time to be alive right now. Yeah, man, it's awesome. It's like Tallahassee's on fire, but they're still going to have fans of the game. Nothing could ever go wrong. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing that did not go wrong this weekend, the racing this weekend that yeah. we got. We oh got some crazy stuff to talk about. First things first, want to just say we just got off the interview with Preston Pardis. He is going to be in this episode a little bit after we're done talking about the races. So stay tuned for that. I think it might have been our best interview we've had with a driver. No offense to anyone else who's been on the podcast, but we, uh, we had a great time with Preston. What we're saying is we keep getting better with him. With we keep getting so. better with age. We're we're not like CVS bottles of wine. Yeah, we're, we're like that we're fine, fine stuff that you can go get at like those fancy shelf. wine stores. You know, we're top shelf. We are top shelf, baby. So speaking about top shelf, how about that race at Monza this weekend? Oh, like legit, dude. <laughs> I have not felt that way about a race probably since the 2018 Roval, um, the Cup Series race. Just yeah. like the amount of wow, did I just really witness that? Yeah, was right. just nuts. I mean, we had, yeah, Pierre Gasly. A new winner in F1 is super rare just because the field's so small and you mm-hmm. get Hamilton winning half the races every year. But also, the first time in more than seven years, a team outside of Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes won it's a race. And not even that, but statistic. the podium, all three different midfield teams were on the podium, yeah. and we had a battle for the lead in the last lap. I thought Sainz was going to get him going into turn one, but he just he wasn't close enough. But yeah, what a what a freaking show, man! Mm-hmm. I mean, it all started with um, Lewis Hamilton just doing his best impersonation of my favorite superhero, Daredevil, and not seeing anything on the track that clearly said, "Hey, you can't pit right now." Yeah. Lewis Hamilton said, "Lewis Hamilton said, I'm a pit anyways," and then got a penalty for it. Um, 
and right after he got that penalty, they went back to green, and Charles Leclerc said Spinella and went straight into the wall and caused a red flag, which gave Lewis more time to argue the um, penalty. And because of that, I mean, we got to see Lewis drive through the field like an absolute lunatic. I think that's what's being forgotten in this whole, like, Pierre Gasly game's first win. Lewis Hamilton still drove through half the field in, like, 25 laps. I was texting my friend, and she was like, I literally didn't know they could red flag a race and did I. I to don't be know fair, the last time that's happened the last time it happened funny enough was the last time stroll got a podium so of whenever course. there's a red flag stroll's getting podiums it was baku yeah. 2017 and yeah it, it's such a rare occurrence and first thing good good that leclerc is okay yeah. because that it was a scary wreck. i mean they they panned to it i feel like that initial camera was it showed a lot worse than it actually mm-hmm. was because you just have a guy flying out of nowhere right into the fire barriers and you're like he's Holy going crap. straight to narnia yeah, and uh, yeah, good to see he's okay. But yeah, he he'd been that car deep in the barriers, and obviously they need to re- red flag that and repair it because if that Absolutely. happens again, you don't want anyone hitting straight concrete wall. <laughs> Indy car just be like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, fingers crossed, no one hits it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that really changed a lot of strategies right there. I mean, right away, um, who was lead? I believe it was Stroll that was leading. Um, he was able to take tires under the red flag, which I didn't know that was a rule, but that's benefited him before in the past, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it gave an opportunity to try and figure things out for Mercedes and also Giovinazzi, who got the same uh, penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what Antonio was doing. I guess he was just like, mm, well, whatever. if Lewis does it, you know. Yeah, if Lewis does well. it, I do it too. It's, yeah, I feel like in hindsight, Alpha, um, Alpha Romeo should have been like, well, so Lewis pit, but everyone else stayed out. There's, there's got to be something going on there. And they, yeah, that like, really screw it. When I saw that happen, I'm like, okay, so Lewis is now going to win this race by 50 seconds. Like, what's going on? Then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, wait, pit road wasn't open. Yeah. I mean, in, in Lewis's defense, um, a lot of the commentators were saying they have literally never seen those signs before. It's like something that mm-hmm. obviously you should be aware of. And obviously, most of the teams were aware of. Well, but Lewis, Lewis, the driver, doesn't need to be worried about it. What, who should have been worried about was the team director. Exactly. And they, and they, know, they knew that pit road was not open. So it was a very strange call. But yeah. hey, if it wasn't for that, man, we would have never gotten a crazy win. And Pierre Gasly now has a win before Alexander Albon. Is Alex Albon on the hot seat? I'm going to be surprised if Albon is in that car come Russia. Because I, I don't think they're going to change it for this upcoming weekend. Because that's uh, such a short notice. Plus all the like the marketing side. like You got to edit all these stuff and yeah, they, I, I, I watched drive to survive they deleted all those pictures of gasly from last exactly. year i know they did and I, I know they did it over the summer break so that was they had more time to turn around last year but yeah i i mean gasly said he's ready for that second call up and i almost don't want him to do it just because i'm scared nah, of that that second driver thing but he he has a year more of experience a, a lot mm-hmm. more confidence too now and if, if you think about it for him albon is still ahead of him in the points um as yeah. of now so it, it just shows how much better that equipment is so if, if mm-hmm. gasly can capitalize on his mistakes there last year do not be surprised if he is a consistent podium challenger the rest of the year because now that ferrari's out of the equation challenging for them on on most weekends especially lately gasly might uh be a frequent podium visitor yeah we'll we'll have to see with that i i will say um i would prefer if gasly just gets the fresh start in the beginning of next year. Um, whereas obviously there's so many question marks. I mean, we have racetracks 
no one's ever been to before. <laughs> like, I mean, or at least that half the field has never been to before. You got, was it Istanbul, Portugal, you got the crazy Bahrain setup going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm Nurburgring. I almost forgot about uh, Germany coming in there. And like, it's, yeah. there's a, and San Marino. I, geez, there's so many tracks that are just, we haven't seen in years or haven't seen at all. So, I mean, there's a lot of question marks and I think it would be best for Gasly. I think maybe to start 2021, with Red Bull, but at the same time, I mean, if you're Red Bull and you see a driver that's like in your field that is performing much better than the driver you have, take advantage because you have yeah. no idea how long Gasly's confidence is going to be this high. That's what I'm saying. Like, got to Red- start though with that uh, Brazil race last year. I feel like, yeah, I mean, Red Bull obviously needs and should develop that car purely around Verstappen because he is their best chance at getting Obviously. wins. I mean, he, he's a talent once in a generation. He's a championship caliber driver, and he's still very young. Yeah, and so I get that, but I feel like there, there needs to be more of a balance between the two drivers there. I mean, we've seen that over the last two seasons. Not a single podium achieved by any of the other drivers. Albon has been close on multiple occasions, but hasn't yeah. sealed the deal. Lewis Hamilton um, just says no. Nah. Yeah, and Lewis didn't want it to happen. So Yeah, Lewis is just <laughs> upset. We don't know why. We don't know what Alex did to upset Lewis, but we have to assume that there is beef there, obviously. There's no other reason Lewis would drive like a pissed-off teenager. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that was a great race, man. And honestly, shouts out to um, Gasly. I, don't, I was saying, like, okay, either Gasly's going to get his first and potentially only win in his F1 career, or Sainz is going to get the first of possibly, like, a Felipe Massa career. And it's like, like yeah. I, I, I don't think that Ferrari is going to be that garbage that they are this year forever it's their ferrari for god's sake yeah they're you they know. still have all the resources mm-hmm. any, they'll any be fine in 2022 for. i feel like when they get to the new car but there's a lot of fall off and it's obviously showing with vettel's brakes failing and just not even being a factor at all and and leclerc not even be able to move past p12 it was just it was a tough tough weekend and thank god the Tifosi didn't have to see it but i mean they're gonna have a lot of pressure this upcoming weekend in Mugello. we're lucky though as fans that ferrari was being watched by netflix this past weekend so you know that drive to survive episode is going to be probably the best of all time honestly the yeah only one but they, I... sh- if they were following alphatari that weekend could you imagine <sighs> Oh my goodness! Oh, I mean, we God. we'll still probably see a decent amount of it just because. Yeah, we will. They, <laughs> to be they fair, showed a lot of that Germany race last year, and that was definitely the best one of 2019. Yeah, so like, <laughs> both the Ferraris were out by the time the uh, the red flag was over. So hopefully they shifted their mm-hmm. focus, especially towards the end, on uh, either McLaren or AlphaTauri because yeah. that, those it, scenes are going to be mm-hmm. unreal. Can we give a shout out though to McLaren for like being yeah. in attention? For the first time in God knows how long. With I mean, this was a definitely. I understand it's disappointing to finish P two when I, I know that's a ridiculous thing to say, but I mean, still like you had the win right there. All you need to do is just get in the DRS zone and it's over. But yeah, like, like Carlos like we mentioned, gotta be confident. Lando finishing fourth. Mm-hmm. Like we mentioned on the upcoming interview with uh, Press and Pardos, it's once you have a certain goal and just blow that goal out of the water, you're almost disappointed by certain results. Like to be disappointed with a P2 for McLaren just shows how far they've come over the Mm -hmm. the last couple of years. And they're there's, I feel like everyone's a fan of McLaren right now. Yeah. We're, we're all heartbroken that signs is leaving just because the, the environment doesn't seem as good as Ferrari, but also, Well, let's we're getting, be fair. We're getting Ricardo there, which should, should just add the King and the gamer together. Like, come on. 
Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be, be it's gonna be a fun time. It's gonna be a great time. And honestly, I will say, if Mercedes ever does just completely boof a race again, um, I think I'm gonna be taking McLaren to be right up there with Red Bull in competition. Because obviously, I mean, Verstappen just I don't know what the car just broke and yeah, you know, Albon not being there it definitely helped. But I mean, those those McLaren has got to be confident that I, the Mercedes can't be perfect all year. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be another race that they mess up in. I'm sure of it. So, as soon as the 2021 McLaren shirts go on sale, I am getting one. Yeah. Because just, <laughs> I like, I don't, I, we're both like- newer F1 fans. And I don't think, at least for me, I don't own a single thing of F1 merch, but I want to support it. And to have that, that Mercedes logo on one side, the McLaren on uh, the other side. So their engine and, you know, teammate, that, it's going to be a sick looking shirt. Look how far we've come, Kevin. We used to mock F1. We, we did, used to just but- do an F1 minute. All the time, just because we were like, oh, Lewis wins. It was a boring yeah. race. Ah, shit. Like, now it's we have led off with an F1 race twice this season. I think it just goes to show how far that sport has come in America. Mm-hmm. Not only with Drive to Survive, but especially now with so many sports going on. And, you know, you, you only have two eyeballs. You can only a watch lot so much. Of people I know that don't watch, don't even like racing love formula one and that's awesome to see it's their huge advantage here at least is it's they don't have to deface any other sporting competition for the most Mm -hmm. part because you you turn on the tv at 9 a.m especially or first east coast viewers and you immediately have a race to watch whereas like with nascar races you're going to wait till 4 30 (laughs) yeah like we for the the southern 500 which we'll get into in just a second i mean you had nba playoffs going on at the same time nhl playoffs so it's it's hard to sit down and watch the whole race that's three hours long when you can watch just a hour and a half f1 race uninterrupted it's 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 almost perfect oh, good speaking of nba playoffs my miami heat are about to win the series against the bucks they're up 52 46 this is gonna oh, sound yeah. either really stupid or really great uh when this episode <laughs> does come out but uh i was gonna say if they, if they choke the first ever three lead i don't think you're uh it, 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 it's been any other it's basketball been, it's been on my mind. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, not having Giannis tonight. It's been on my mind. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, speaking about someone who seems to not be on drivers' minds, Chase Elliott, once again at Darlington, must be the most invisible driver of all time because people just do not see him, and especially the JGR cars. Yeah, once I feel again, like he... another race ruined. It's just, I, I can get the Kyle Busch thing because Kyle mm-hmm. Busch has had a habit of, you know, clearing up when he's not supposed to. I mean, he's done it to fellow Toyotas. He did it to uh, Truex yeah, yeah, at the Bristol yeah. Night Race in 2017. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Truex just completely Leroy Jenkins that in the in the turn one when he was by far a faster car than Chase and yeah. probably didn't need to force that issue. And Harvick and mm-hmm. Dylan were not closing at that point. So, oh yeah. Uh, and then once again, the closer, right, Mister Right Place, Right Time, Kevin Harvick. He's his got at eighth. least ten wins from that. I feel like just being yeah. in the right place, at the right time. Yeah. It's you can even argue that Daytona 500 from 2007, he was right place, right time. He pretty much was. He got that boost on literally the last lap. And then that's they all wrecked behind him. Yeah, yeah that's, that's all you need. Um, uh, I mean, you know, it was a really just, I, I don't know if he was trying to do his best Denny Hamlin impersonation from the day before, but clearly that didn't work. So I don't know what Truex was thinking <laughs> he was doing with that dive bomb into one. Yeah. I, I feel like that's not even the corner to do a dive bomb. It was, um... It was really strange, and I feel really bad for Chase Elliott because I don't think, A, he saw it coming. I think he thought, okay, we're probably going to just take it easy in here and just race side by side, and he'll probably get the momentum off of two. But it was just like, 
it, it was unwarranted with 15 laps to go. It, it was mm-hmm. like you could easily just keep racing. And I think it goes down also to the composite bot or non-composite bodies. Sorry, with the Cup Series. I mean, they just really yeah. cannot race each other like they used to at Darlington. I mean, the Xfinity guys, if they had the non-composite body, they would have been dead by lap 10 or 10 to go. <laughs> Yeah, so. we we would not have. I don't think we would have gotten a uh, our favorite winner once again if those bodies were not composite because a caution would have come out at some point before that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it it ruined Truex's race because he had to pit. And obviously, you know, for Truex, he's not as comfortable as he would be in a normal season. I feel like with only one win and a handful of playoff points, and Chase Elliott ends up finishing just barely in front of him in twentieth. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just. You know, obviously that makes Matt Benedetto kind of smile having a bad day. But, I, I mean, those two guys absolutely were in the race. But, uh, you know, you mentioned it. Kevin Harvick closer shot at winning. I mean, or shot when he did win the race. But, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't easy. that He was fighting that car at the end. And yeah. Austin Dillon was putting a little bit of pressure, which, I mean, dude, shouts out to Austin Dillon. I did not expect him to at least make it interesting at the end. Yeah, he is sneaky good at Darlington for whatever reason. He's, I remember... It's a driver's think, track, and I think Austin Dillon, surprise, surprise, might be a driver. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who yeah, thought? He, it, just, it just fits his, his style, I guess. And, I mean, what a he needed that run because as a guy with only five playoff points going in, he is now above the cut line where you have other guys like Ryan Blaney, who is someone that we expect to be in the, the final 12, if not the final eight. He's literally tied for last place right now. Yeah, and like, I, I like know he has... <laughs> He has Bristol coming up, so he he's either going to win or wreck out of the lead. So we we could yeah. be in jeopardy of seeing Blaney not advance out of the round sixteen, especially because we could be could be looking at a great Bristol race, is what you mean. yes yes we he is not a uh, a fan of Richmond too. So I almost expect that trend of him being outside the bubble to continue going into Bristol. Mm-hmm. There's a there's definitely a lot of storylines, and I believe you know going into next week's race, there's definitely going to be. Um, a lot more intrigue, I feel like, you know, especially maybe less disaster, potentially disastrous moves like we saw uh, with Truex and, and and Chase. But shouts out to Austin Dillon, though. I mean, you know, he definitely just now needs to kind of take it easy, get another top 10 and just run well. Get those get those stage points. I feel like it's probably the biggest thing for Austin. Just keep himself in that contention. But I, I mean, dude, he was getting a good run on that last turn and i had people ask like why was he not running the high lane like more often it's like well clearly the car couldn't handle well up there yeah. i mean if you watch any of his other laps coming to the uh, checker when he ran the high side the car was just sideways like he was not getting a good runoff the tires were completely cooked and the only reason i think that he got that good run is because harvick completely backed off on the last corner because i think he was probably a lap away from potentially blowing a tire it looked like that those tires were cooked I, I thought I was like watching on slow motion for a second. Like, yeah, no, it was did messing up because Harvick, yeah, slowed down a bunch d- through three and four. And I'm like, Austin Dillon might win this race. And yeah, he got sideways. I don't think he would have had enough momentum either, but he for sure made it fun. And that's about all you can ask for. Kevin, you ready for a conspiracy theory? Um, I'm ready for it. Do you remember Martinsville last season when uh, Denny Hamlin was uh, leading the race and uh, Chase or Austin Dillon just kind of did a stupid move and pretty much got Harvick right into it? Uh, Martinsville? No, New Hampshire. Did I say New Hampshire? You did. Well, listen. <laughs> yes, I do remember. Theory, I yeah, do remember. Conspiracy theory. Maybe uh, Kevin Harvick was repaying Austin Dillon the favor. Like, hey, man, I'll let you make it interesting if you want. Okay. Maybe. You maybe. Know, maybe I Kevin like Harvick's that. a general. I, I, I like to think that Kevin Harvick in, in his later years has become much more mature and a little bit more of a gentleman. 
think, haven't yeah, seen that, that haven't seen Happy Harvick in a while. That's true. That's yeah. true. All right, so uh, let's talk about. Uh, you want to move on to the Xfinity? Yeah, let's move, let's move on yeah, to let's talk, the let's Brandon talk. Jones Show, ladies and the gentlemen. Bra- once again, from rising from the ashes as the Phoenix, he is Mister. Honestly, the new closer. If we're gonna be completely yeah. honest in NASCAR, he's, he's Brandon Mr. Jones Clutch. steals another win. And holy crap, what a last 15 laps. I mean, you have Chastain and uh, Hamlin just beating the snot out of each other. Mm-hmm. And going into three and four, coming to the white, they they definitely stepped over the edge. And Brandon Jones, once again, the beneficiary. Really interesting. And yeah, Hamlin went full send into three and four, and um, Chastain had nowhere to go. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't help when your tires are completely made of Swiss cheese. I mean, to be fair, the tires, they do the best job they can. It's that track. Oh, they did the best they could. Is the the cheese grater. It's Um, abrasive as hell. Isn't that where they use the cheese grater at? Yeah, pretty sure it's it's almost as cheese gratery, if that's even a term. That's not, but. As now we should say the old Auto Club Speedway. Yeah, we'll get to that. Don't worry. (laughs) Um. Yeah, no, it was it was so much fun. That was some of the best racing. I think that might have been the finish of the year so far. You could say that or Talladega. Um, it was it was right up there, man. That was a lot of fun to watch. And honestly, Brandon Jones has three wins and and he has like four expandy wins in the last like year. That's yeah. insane. When you Who had a guy thought? that just never had a chance, he was mocked by everyone, and now. Yeah. Our boy is 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 looking pretty going to the playoffs, and they mentioned it. Brandon Jones is a driver that could sneak into the championship four uh, at the end of the season. And I mean, you know, last time I checked, the last winner at Phoenix in Xfinity was uh, Brandon Jones. Yeah. So, um, who's to say the dream can't happen? Dude, he's keeping the dream alive, man. And uh, shouts out to him for it. it was a, that was a that was an a- excellent race. So. Mm-hmm. Got um. A little more intrigue. But further behind from Brandon Brown. So I believe that this upcoming race is the cutoff, correct? They have two more in Xfinity. They got actually three more because there's a double header this upcoming weekend in Richmond. In Richmond? Um, well, that's so going to be a lot of fun. For, for somewhere. And then, yes, uh, Bristol, the night race for them is their playoff cutoff, which... <laughs> we we pretty much know who the championship favorites are. Um, who's yeah. gonna win there? But the, yeah, that final spot is uh, still up for grabs. I mean, so, the final two spots you could argue because I mean, I think we only know the two drivers. We don't really know the third. I feel like we can say like, Brandon Jones is a joke, but I mean, being I, I, realistic, I meant to, like to get into the playoffs because I know. Uh, oh, that, oh 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 oh! Yeah. You meant to, okay? I thought you were talking about to get a championship four. I was like, okay, we're doing uh, this already. Or right. no? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously. Uh, between Brown and Clements, but I mean, you never know, man. Myatt Snyder, I don't think he has any more rides in the 21 this year, but you never know what could happen, especially at Bristol. Yeah. I will say, I am a little surprised. I don't know what the qualifications are for expanding playoffs, but I mean, AJ Allmendinger is 23rd in points and has a win. Like, yeah, it's, I think for them, it's top. 25 maybe 20 but he's 23rd in points i know but he hasn't run all the races so it doesn't matter yeah, he's not gonna get a he doesn't get he doesn't get a playoff waiver because nobody likes aj allmendinger obviously this is true but for next his season, teammates man, don't even like it, him there's uh there's rumors that justin haley might get one of those spire cars full-time especially now that they got another with uh um levine family 
their their team, their charter going to Aspire. So if he's full time in Cup, ninety five. I, I'm I'm iffy about it. I, I want to see what what the other options are. 69 is always an option. 78. You know? uh, 69 is always an option. That would be nice. What are we nice. saying? <laughs> 69 is always an option. Um, okay. <laughs> no, but if, for, speaking of Almendinger, I mean, if if Haley goes from that ride and Chastain stays there, who's to say colleague yeah, give Almendinger a full time ride? Let him, ride. Let him get, try and get in a championship. Let him be the next Justin Allgaier, exactly. Elliot Sadler, and succeed in a series. Clearly, he's showing some success in. Yeah. Like it's, you know, the road course is obviously AJ's their guy, but I mean, he got to win at Atlanta. He's definitely a, a, a threat. I feel like he's got so much experience at ovals. Give him a chance. I mean, especially. I mean, you think about it. If if he's full time next year and Kendrick or Briscoe or even both of them move up, that you can just pencil in four to five wins already there for the road courses for Almendinger. Yeah, because there is no one who else was competing with him. No one. Yeah, well, like, Allgaier, maybe, um, but besides, yeah, Preston Partis, that, that is true. Uh, but besides yeah. that, really, uh, no one out there who's who's on his level besides Cindric and Briscoe right now. Let's see, all right, let's uh, finish up with some truck action, and uh, I think we watched a combined one lap of that race. Yeah, I uh, that F one race honestly took a lot out of me, and I Same. had a late night before that, so I straight up napped after and woke up for the overtime uh, restart. But, uh... <laughs> Congratulations to Ben Rhodes. I thought yeah. it was his first career win, but apparently he has uh He has a couple. One... He has a, a couple, yeah. He's got um three wins. I just don't recall them at all. But uh <laughs> yeah, shouts out to Ben Rhodes. Um Derek Krause was apparently right there, so uh you know, good good for him. He's gonna get a win soon eventually. It's just like I cursed Christian Eckes apparently. Mm-hmm. I know Sheldon Creed's uh pit crew pulled a Chase Elliott at the Coke six hundred where he was going to win that race and they said, actually no, let's pit. Um, and Classic. He, not only did he have to restart in the back, but he also got a speeding penalty on that pit stop. So just completely <laughs> threw that one away, which you hate to see. But I mean, yeah, crew chief's got to make better calls. And I get that, you know, it's with especially a track like Darlington. Um, I feel like it makes more sense than mm. Gustafson's call at the Coke 600 because she's greater, as we say, at Darlington. And you think everyone's yeah, going to come in, but there's a, always you need a lot more guys to pit to make that work. There's always going to be guys, especially that are desperate for a win that are going to stay out just to give themselves the best chance. So I feel like if you're, if you're the leader, unless it's a track like auto club that chews up tires um, and as a long track, you can pass a lot. You're going to have to stay out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's tough for him. And uh, sadly, the return of Greg Biffle did not lead to another victory. Mm-hmm. Um, or Trevor I, Bain. I, or Trevor. Oh yeah. Trevor Bain was in this race. Where did he finish? Uh, not well. Not well, but he apparently did a good enough job that he is actually replacing Ty Majeski. He finished in 27th, so, I mean, how much better could he do? <laughs> did you see that, though? Um, Ty no, Majeski's... I didn't see that. Is that is it, like, uh, it must be breaking. I, good for, for him returning to racing. Good yeah, for I, I mean, literally, we were talking, I don't know if it was last week's episode or the episode before that, but I was like, I'm surprised Ty Majeski hasn't done better, but I, I would not be surprised if he won a race this year. And now they're yeah, really that was a ridiculous boot. take when you said it, and I still <laughs> hey, we 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 have seen a couple cold takes on this podcast before, so we got we stay all on the we brain. all make bad takes in the heat of passion, mm-hmm. Jimbo. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. I also, mean, David Reagan was in this race too. Oh, all that the guys he was. Just making that he was. Starts did not do very well. That's a yeah. It was like those guys that, you, that would just be at the end of a uh, super speedway race in the mid to early 2010s we're just all coming <laughs> back <laughs> uh well i mean we'll 
we'll definitely get some more action. I will say, though, um, I will go back and at least look at pictures of this race because I didn't get to see the truck schemes at all, and there's a couple of them I do want to check out. Um, the shouts out real quick to um, to Bailey Curry. I mean, Time Majeski finishing 13th. Are you sure he's being replaced by, by Trevor Bain? I swear to God. Okay, Time Majeski must have punched, like, Al in the face or something. Something behind the scenes, yeah. There's something. Know. There's no reason to replace Time Majeski with a guy that was not successful in Cup and finished 27th. Yeah, I haven't read much Cody Rohrbach. Just... No offense to Cody, but, I mean. Yeah. I, w- I was a little bit confused when I saw it as well. Yeah, that's a weird thing. I need to triple check that. Um, but, yeah, shouts out to Bailey Curry, Time Majeski on uh, solid top 15 days. And uh, Timmy Hill. Wow, dude, Timmy Hill had a good weekend. He finished. Oh uh, yeah, Timmy. Yeah, he finished in ninth there, and I'm pretty sure Austin Hill finished top ten at uh in the Xfinity race, if I recall correctly. I think he finished ninth in Hotori uh, Toyota. I think you're right. And speaking of Timmy Hill, right before we get into this pressing part of this interview, uh, yeah. congrats to him and his wife for announcing they are expecting their first child. Congratulations, Con- congrats, guys. Oh. And it looks like that cowboy hat was uh, good for more than one thing. Oh, okay. And <laughs> without further ado, welcome on Press and Partis. All right, we are now joined on the podcast by a very special guest. We have driver of the 36 DGM Racing Chevrolet uh, and 2017 SCCA National Championship runoff Spec Miata champ. Preston Partis is in the building, a.k.a. P Money. What's up, dude? Thank you guys for having me tonight on the show. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. It means a lot. First time getting a a driver back on here in some time. We've been working back towards it. Now we're getting back into the swing of things as we get uh, nearer to the end of the season. This is nice. It's awesome to be on here. I know you guys had some other spec meotic guys on here, so I'm (laughs) glad I can uh, finally join the club, I guess. So we got we got bread on here, and now we got uh, P currency. So honestly, this is P-currency. this is nice. <laughs> this is really nice. Yeah. So, what's your what's your hey. go to um, currency nickname? If if we're being honest, if like obviously P money is what you're known for, but do you have any uh, other ones out there? It was really P money for the past few years, and then okay. you know you guys kind of started it after I think uh, India. It, it turned into like P financial P currency. Um, we can keep moving that up. Yeah, there's. There's like four or five of them, but I don't know. I kind of like dude, financial. Dude, peace stonks is always an option. Uh, <laughs> we, can, we, we can keep moving this up for sure. That's good. That's good. Uh, let's start things off, Preston. Uh, first of all, let's talk about that Indianapolis race. You were out there at the front and actually holding your own there. I mean, you have the experience at Indy. You won the uh, Spec Me Championship in 2017. Where, like, What was going through your mind as you're running in like the top five with some of the big guys in Xfinity? was rather uh i don't know how to put it i mean it was um rather different haven't experienced anything like that before (laughs) um especially i mean before xfinity i've never really made a pro race or pro start um Mm -hmm. so the only pro racing i've done in the past has been through the nascar xfinity stuff um so it was kind of surreal um (laughs) being on the front road like that yeah Uh, we were all right all day i think we ran 12th to 15th i think the whole day um so we kind of had decent speed, but uh, we didn't obviously have top 10 pace. And then that late race yellow came out and uh, decided to stay out. Uh, we didn't really have anything to lose, more or less. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think we would have finished probably 15th anyway, um, just off of our pace if we pitted. 
Um, so we just kind of wanted to gamble there to see what we could do. Um, it was rather scary though, because like I said, <laughs> uh, no experience in those things, especially on the front row. Um, the previous starts I had, I really didn't focus on restarts just because I wasn't really in contention for anything. Um, so going to the green flag there, I kind of had to figure out where the restart zone was all and all that <laughs> before we fired off. So it was cool. Um, and obviously we hung on a little bit there. We knew we weren't going to win the race, obviously, um, judging by pace or anything. But uh, it was nice to hang on to a top 10 there for a first career one. Exactly, dude. That's awesome. And, and then you got you backed it up with a really impressive performance, uh, pretty much in all the elements too, showing off your skill in uh, at, at Road America. I mean, you've had experience there in other series, I assume, right? Or was that literally the second time you'd ever been there? No, like you said, um, luckily we've done a lot of spec Miata racing in the past. Good. And yeah. their uh, second biggest race of the year is the June Sprints, and it's hosted at Road America. Um, so it, luckily the track wasn't new for me. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to say, you were doing amazing for something that looked new. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> luckily it wasn't new. Um, and I've been there in the wet, too. So that was a nice um, nice factor, too. Even Balicki, I mean, it's his home track, so he's been yeah. in there in the wet. Um, but it was pretty cool. Um, getting, I, we played a little bit of strategy to get in that spot mm-hmm. um, on the restart, but I felt like we held our own. I mean, we stayed in the top five the whole segment, um, the whole stage, until the pit stop. Um, and then we had a little problem with the uh, pit stop there before the second stage, but it was cool um, to actually have some pace to be up front. It wasn't like Indy where you're kind of just gifted the front row. I mean, yeah. we kind of did yeah, a little strategy. Yeah, we had a little strategy there at Road America, but we still, like I said, ran pretty good. Um, I don't think we had this pace Amending or LeBay had in the wet, um, but we were hanging with Gregson pretty good, I thought. It was a lot of fun um, driving those things in the wet. Uh, the, I, I, I'm really waiting for like the first time we can get to see the cup guys do it at some point because you, you Xfinity guys seem to have all the luck getting the rain falling and, and actually making it work, even with the lightning at Road America. Still got to get some action out there, which is it looks like a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Like you said, we've actually had quite a bit of luck in the rain this year. We, re- we started Daytona off in the wet, too. Yeah. The slicks. Right, but um, I would say it, it's different. Um, I know going into it, I was nervous. Like I said, yeah. all I've driven before is a Miata that's 2,400 pounds. <laughs> no horsepower whatsoever. I mean, it only makes 130 at the wheel wheels. So oh, man. Wow. hopping from one of those things to a 3,400-pound almost 700 horsepower car probably is a little different. So just oh, knowing how that car is going to react when you, you know, hit wet surfaces, it's kind of, uh, it, it's unsettling at first, but once you get mm-hmm. used to it, it's a blast to drive. Um, it's amazing. Good. You're actually developed that good of a wet tire with For how sure. little, with how little experience they have. I mean, in rain racing and it's actually a great tire. I mean, probably one of the best rain tires I've ever been on. Um, it's a lot of fun to drive. You can get those things really sideways too. Kev? Yeah, I was going to mention Road America too. I mean, to that final restart, bringing that up again, I feel like the sense of pride there of looking in your mirror, seeing Cindric Briscoe and you got Sieg aside of you. So it's kind of two teams starting on that front row in that final restart that aren't as funded as some of the big teams. That's, that, that had to be a really cool feeling. It's been really cool. Um, like yeah. I said, being somewhat underfunded, I mean, we are looking at the dollar budgets and stuff, especially yeah. compared to Penske and all that. Of course. Uh, so going up against them in our TGM car is pretty cool. And it was different than Indy, too. Uh, I feel like Road America was on that restart. Um, we had more people, our pace stay out, like Sieg, 
uh, we were running with him pretty much all day. So it was cool to finally square up kind of on the last restart. Um, we knew we weren't obviously going to win the thing again, just like Indy, um, just off of pure pace. But we figured at least, I mean, you never know how those restarts are there, especially. I mean, all it oh, took yeah, was... Yeah, had no idea what was about to come yeah. and get him. <laughs> and I mean, Narnia. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we kind of... We thought more cars were going to stay on that last restart behind us, at least. But um, I feel like if something happened to those leaders on that first get go around on that, um, we could have maybe ended up with a really good finish. I mean, still eighth isn't bad, but you never know. Um, yeah, you've seen in the exactly. past where the leaders get taken out on restarts. <laughs> I was going to um, say, if Cindric bottles that restart right behind you, it gets into Briscoe. I mean, that's that's fair game. Yeah, Absolutely. so, I mean, all we needed was a gap, and it killed us when uh, Algar and all them got wrecked. Because then we had to restack it, and that put Cindric right on the front row with me, or uh, third behind us. So um, we didn't really have a gap, and I knew he was going to get by us sooner than later. Um, but it was still nice. We hung on a little bit on old tires. So it made a good day. Yeah, and yeah, on that. a team Thank your you. size is what I honestly one of the more impressive runs I've seen in a while out of the Xfinity series. So mm-hmm. definitely shout out to, to you and your whole team there for that. Thank you. Yeah, and that was cool. And then we luckily we carried it on to Daytona. I thought. Daytona was actually our best showing. Um, obviously, yeah. it, the it, result... you guys were looking great uh, up until that crazy restart. Yeah, and that, that happened <laughs> at the end of those deals, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, looking from a pace standpoint, I thought we were way better than we were mm-hmm. um, the previous races, just off of raw speed. Um, we were actually up at six at one point in stage two. We finished there and got stage points, um, and it wasn't strategy-based or anything. So it was, it was finally cool to have pace now this season. I feel like um, it's taken some time, but uh, I feel like we're finally there. Of those three road courses uh, we've been mentioning, Indy, Road America, and Daytona, do you have a, uh, a favorite out of them? I know limited experience, especially with the, the Roval at Daytona. Um, do you have one that you would have to, like, right now, if you could hop back in that car, race again, which one would it be? You also have like experience at Charlotte Roval too, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Xfinity, we have Charlotte experience, but I, before that, I never went there. Um, all three that you mentioned, though, like Indy, Daytona, and Road America. Luckily, we've done the spec me out of there a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say really there's a favorite. I think Daytona was really cool. It's a home track for me. Uh, we're only 15 minutes from there in New Smyrna. Yes, sir. Um, so that's that's probably the coolest thing about that one. Um, and it was cool because it was so surprising for everyone. Um, that made it nice. Um, I feel like probably if I had to pick one, though, um, I think Road America just because it's a it, it's more purpose based. Yeah. Um, more than anything, it's a true road course. I feel like, but they're all fun. I think Daytona was cool. Ch- the chicane didn't ruin the track, um, so that was the best part about it. I feel like they could work on it a little bit for next year. If they go back, and I think it would make mm-hmm. a really nice layout, especially if they did maybe like a night race or something there. It would be really yeah, I mean, cool. The, the clash is going to be uh, under the lights on that road course. What what suggestion would you uh, give to that team there at Daytona? Um, I don't know. I mean, really, a lot – kind of like going into the Roval, everyone thought you kind of needed to make a speed race car just good enough mm-hmm. for the Oval and you mm-hmm. know, kind of throw away the road course side of things. But it's still a road course at the end of the day. Um, so really, I wouldn't. I just bring a normal setup back there. Um, <laughs> the problem is they have that the turtles and the chicane that are the Charlotte ones, which are humongous. And then every yeah. other curbing there is flat. So 
I mean, you don't want to go really aggressive on setup because you can tear the front nose off, especially in like mm-hmm. the bus stop, unless they rework that, which I think they probably should in the future. Um, with the splitters and stuff, they didn't know that, but all it took was a little bit of wet grass and you could tear your whole belly pan out of the yeah. thing. Like <laughs> Haley and, uh, and uh, Earl Bamper there. I was going to say, uh, flipped his car doing that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I about did it too. Luckily, I didn't go deep enough and Luckily enough for me, Haley already went through there, so he kind of leveled yeah, it down a little bit. <laughs> but it still nice. tore our right front splitter off a little bit. So I, I think if Daytona could fix that and maybe make it a full-blown night race, I think it, it would easily be a uh, a big race each year. I mean, I'd put it up there as a crown jewel maybe for Xfinity. Yeah, that'd be – I mean, for the the second usual race I go there for the – yeah, the four hundred two fifty. I mean, <laughs> it's it's not your cup or cutoff race or the Xfinity Series cutoff race. So I feel like if they definitely wanted to spice that up a little bit, that'd be something to to look into because you got to make. I feel like Daytona, especially, they have a really they do a good job of making each event unique. So I feel like adding that as a, even a standalone standalone event, having the cup still on the, you know, the the chaos of the two point five mile oval. I feel like that's a way to give the ticket holders good value for both days. And I think, I mean, looking back on it, obviously, like, the 24 hours each year is a huge crowd pleaser. Oh, yeah. um, it brings in non-race fans, too, usually. I mean, I go to it every year just because we're close, and um, I love sports car racing. But I have so many friends, even, like, from high school and stuff, that would just go to the 24 hour just to be a part of the event. So yeah. I feel like almost if they could bring an, enough racing or entertainment to that weekend, like you said, the cutoff race and add to it with the road course and maybe a few other support series, it, it could turn into like a huge weekend. Yeah. I mean, they could run IMSA there. I mean, they were in their July 4th weekend this year with their, I believe that was their return uh, after the COVID break. So they, they mm-hmm. wanted to partner up and give NASCAR fans a little introduction to IMSA. Yeah. That, that'd be a great way to do it. Yeah. And I mean, it like, like I said, it, it produces great racing too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was worried going into it. I thought it was going to be a really single file race just because you can't really pass anywhere mm-hmm. other than the straightaways. And if you're lacking on any horsepower, obviously you're going to have a really yeah. tough day there. But I think it was challenging enough for teams um, to really actually make it a really entertaining race, especially on the Xfinity side. I know the end of stage two was phenomenal. Yeah, y'all the best race yeah. of the weekend. <laughs> you guys are yeah. constantly the best race of the weekend. Yeah. Like, Give yourselves like a pat on the back. You guys have been putting on a show all year. Yeah, you'd have to give a pound of back to the drivers. They, they, uh, they race really hard throughout the whole race. <laughs> yeah. Um. So usually we kind of take it easy until about halfway. Through. Those I guys. Like are- the reason we've been seeing the shift lately, especially on social media, asking for these shorter races, is because with y'all's event length, like 300 miles at a mile and a half, is almost perfect. It's short enough to where you feel like each lap counts, but also long enough to actually give the fans some value and a worthwhile entertainment experience to that too i would say like the stage racing too is a huge part of it as much as some people don't want to admit it but i mean stage racing has really made racing a lot more entertaining throughout the whole event i think agreed Um, like i was telling some of the guys we do sca with i mean on a miata race they're only 45 minute races yeah usually 35 um so like a stage you guys <laughs> yeah, get those exactly. done pretty quick yeah yeah we get them done quick but usually the first few laps you kind of go 90 percent. i mean maybe the lap one you go 90 percent, just getting the tires and every get used to everything you know yeah. unless you're starting the back and you really need to make up ground but when you're up front you kind of take it easy more or less keep, 
you know, take care of your equipment. And the Xfinity guys, I mean, lap one, the green flag goes, and they're they're already thinking about stage points and then the stage it's one awesome. just because <laughs> track position is so huge. But I mean, it puts on a great show. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I think it adds a lot of entertainment at least to it. Do you consider yourself a road course ringer? Because I think of you as definitely a road course ringer because we've only seen you in Xfinity at, on the road courses. But do you consider yourself one of those guys like a Ron Fellows type driver that comes in and kind of shows the uh, regulars how it's done? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't even <laughs> put myself in that category with Ron and of course, <laughs> not all yet. Those guys. No, I wouldn't still, even say that. You're still young. No, nah, those are those guys are legends. Those are legends. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. So. I mean, I feel like I have to say I'm a ringer, a road course guy. I wouldn't say a full-blown ringer. Um, mm-hmm. The only experience I ever had is on road courses. I've never been on an oval. Um, Do you so I, think about, like, ever uh, debuting on an oval, though? Like, it's, it's definitely crossed your mind, I have to assume. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. That, that's the path I wanted to go when mm-hmm. I started racing uh, with my dad racing NASCAR. Yeah. For a long time. Um, I did quarter midgets. Obviously, those are oval-based. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to go over racing, but the problem is in North America, it's just so expensive. Um, unless you're doing like legend cars or something like that. Once you look at like at super lates, I mean, it's just, it's insane pricing. So we oh, kind yeah, of, I know. so we just, unless you go to stay at your local track, but no one really wants to just run their local track every week for the, you know, it, there's no really growing, um, yeah. unless you go travel and race those national series, like the snowball or something. And that's even more money, obviously. Um, <laughs> so I feel like we went a decent route. We did Spec Miata, which is affordable. It's a production-based car. You can go to the scrapyard and put most of those parts on your race car and go out and compete yep. still. Um, and then Mazda has a huge support system where they give you discounted rates on parts that are competition-based. That's based. so awesome. Didn't even yeah. Know that. yeah, super yeah. cool. Yeah. So it's yeah, huge. Every, for... Everyone needs to go support Spec Miata. That, you guys have some really good racing, honestly. Yeah. That'll... That was one of the most fun races I've gone to in a long time. And I know I've been told to come up to VIR to come check out a race there because that's a lot of fun. I've heard nothing but good things about VIR. Yeah. yeah, and it's a great class on top of that, too. Like you said, the drivers are still good. I mean, they're pro drivers, not yeah. all of them, but the top few are. Um, they moved on, like Dylan McAvern. Um, he went from Spec Miata to the Turner BMW, and he's been on podiums and IMSA races and won. That's incredible. Um, you got Dylan, you got Andrew Carbonell who climbed the Mazda ladder really well. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a handful like Balicki and stuff too, but on top of that, you get good track time at great racetracks like Daytona, yeah. Road Atlanta, Road America, VIR. I mean, when else mm-hmm. can you say that? Um, and on all on a budget too, uh, club racing. So it's amateur racing to go back to your point about a road ringer. The only experience I have is club racing, amateur stuff. <laughs> No pro backing, um, pro racing stuff. So when you compare me as a true road ringer, I wouldn't say that uh, just because my experience really isn't what like Ron yeah. Fellows and all those guys have. Maybe I used the wrong, uh, wrong maybe, uh, hey, driver, but uh, field field maybe in a couple of years, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, man, the, the future is looking bright, though. I will say, what <laughs> uh, is your favorite track to run, though, for the Spec Miatas? Uh, Spec Miata. Uh, it's a tough one. They're a lot of fun. A lot of them are um, just because with how the drafting is on those cars. Yeah. Oh, the, power. That, that caught me really off guard when I first watched the race. I was like, these guys are like just nose to ass the entire race. This is crazy. I can't believe they're holding on to this. Yeah. What's nice about those cars too, is they got roofs on them. So yeah. there is draft, but you can still break the draft occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's rare. I mean, like when you go to Road America, the long straights, you're never going to break the draft, at least from one car. So you yeah. can have a two-car breakaway or you can have a 10-car breakaway. Um, so I would say my favorite Miata track, which needs to be on a NASCAR schedule, is Sebring. I'd love to see NASCAR okay. go to Sebring, maybe on a 12-hour so weekend or something. As a sport race would be awesome. That is directly in between like all three of us right now because I'm in um, <laughs> South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Kevin's up in Tallahassee, and you're over in uh, New Smyrna. That's that's basically we could all just meet up right in the middle of Sebring. What's that? Oh, back to yeah, back to that point about the big party. Daytona is Sebring's the biggest party all year. Yeah. Um, that's what I've heard. So yeah, just throw that one in there, and I'm sure it'll be a crowd favorite. So that'd be cool. I heard um, Jim France's favorite track is Sebring. It's none of what they run in the top three series in NASCAR, which is funny because with him being the CEO right now, um, you think he would really be pushing to get Sebring on, at least for the trucks or something. Patience, young Kevin. Patience. We got our we <laughs> and, today. We got another short track added to the schedule. Give it some time. We might get a Sebring added. Eventually. I'd be down. I'll make Oof. that drive. That would yeah, be I a mean, lot of fun. I think at the path you see NASCAR going, I wouldn't be surprised to see. Maybe a Road Atlanta at Sebring would be far-fetched. Road Atlanta would be awesome. Just because the equipment at Sebring I don't think would last. There's a reason why it's only 12 hours still in Emsley because the cars will not make it 24 hours oh, um, without bumpy and stuff. It is, But <laughs> it's a great track. A lot of people like on video games and stuff play Sebring, and they don't really think it's super technical just because it's so flat. But the games and stuff really don't capture how good yeah. those bumps actually are. And in a Miata, it's a blast to drive, I feel like. So great to uh, Xfinity car, I'm sure, it'll be just as fun. For sure, for sure. Are there any uh, foreign, like European or Australian, um, Asian tracks that you ever think that like Miata would be a lot of fun to take over there? Well, it'd be hard to say no to Norchlife or something. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that or, uh, yeah, that or Bathurst. So if anyone has a Miata willing to send me over there, <laughs> I'll pay my way. But uh, yeah, I would love to try like Norchlife or something and expect Miata. That would be insane. So. Kevin, yeah, I was gonna. I was funny enough. I was gonna bring up the European. Like a lot of those are uh, like super flat because you know with F one you gotta race. And ba- Bathurst a little bit different, whatnot, just because they don't run. This isn't this is those devil exactly. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see almost the inverse. Like I'd I'd love to see one of those cars at such a bumpy track like Sebring or something. I know IndyCar raced a couple random street courses over the last decade, and they were super bumpy. And like they were, it was fun to watch them go over the bumps. At the same time, uh, those races tended not to be the most exciting. But I feel like with the right track and the right setup, it could be a, a good show. Yeah, and maybe like, see, I don't know why I'm just fantasizing about tracks, but like if NASCAR <laughs> added a street course like St. Peter's something, oh please, it's in yeah. my backyard. Yeah, yeah that's, Pete, that's about do that during backyard. IndyCar weekend, Long Beach. Come on, we'll be there with the Xfinity car. That'd be cool. I feel like there needs to be more crossover. We mentioned it on this podcast before, but having different racing series crossover with each other is how we're going to survive into the future. Because you get more fans crossing over, more money going through. It's it's a win win for really everyone. I feel like, I mean, I know I don't have a lot of fan base or anything like that, but whenever I do a NASCAR race or something like that, a lot of like the road racing community loves watching when i go i guess just because my scca background yeah um yeah. it's funny going back to the tracks i've been doing both at the same time still um oh, they just, cool. it's cool just to hear them say oh hey man we watched your xfinity race and i normally don't watch nascar but just because you were doing the road courses i watched and it was a great day you know great great time to watch and all that so i feel like if they could have more of it it's just it's only going to strengthen motorsports as a whole uh kev 
Do you want to ask your uh, your question, Anthony? I know. You've I mean, I always I always can get to the end of it. Um, okay. just wanted to ask <laughs> a couple more questions, I guess. Uh, you know, I was watching the Indy race, and I just find it ridiculous that the Spec Miata like they were able to have ninety cars on the track at one time. I mean, what's the average? Because I feel like when I went and saw you guys at Homestead, there were about forty Miatas on track, and then Brad sometimes tells me there's seventy at VIR. Like, like, how do you just like get so many people to do this? It's crazy to me. I'd say going back to it, it's just affordability. I mean, yeah. really, it's so affordable. Not super affordable, obviously. <laughs> Nothing in yeah. racing's cheap. But um, at the grand scheme of things, you get a race at nice facilities mm-hmm. on a low budget, um, and that's a huge turn on for people. Um, there's, it's not every day you can go to Daytona and race against 60, 70 guys. I know when we did the national championships there at night, um, it was, I think, 60 cars, and that's, that's at a national insane, level. Yeah. Um, you can go to VIR any regional weekend, and you can see up to 80 cars. Um, just because people want to do their hobby. Um, mm-hmm. It's really hard, obviously, to go buy a high-up car, or go Trans Am racing, just because a lot of guys like you and me or whatever can't really afford that stuff. Um, obviously, you have the money, you're going to do it, but that's why everyone's not doing those series. Um, <laughs> so I feel like it's just really affordable. Um, and there's a lot of positives in those classes. Um, like you said, field size on any given weekend, um, you could see probably 40 is the low, um, Mm -hmm. at a national level, I'd say about 60 is average. I know the national championships, like you said, we had 92 at Indy. That was the highest they've ever had. Um, I think this year at Road America, we got 60 right now. Um, Oh, geez. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. So we got 60 there. Yeah, so it'll make it easy, at least going to the Xfinity the next day, having that min- have that much chaos out there, it'll be all right. Sure, for sure. Um, so. so your dad, uh, Dan Hardis, you know, he has a lot of experience. He's got mm-hmm. a handful of starts in the um, truck and Xfinity series, and even a couple in Cup. You know, what's the most important thing that he's taught you that's you really elevated your racing? Uh, he's taught me a lot. Um, it would really be hard to pinpoint on one mm-hmm. thing in particular. Um, really, it's – I shouldn't say it's hard to lean off of him, but it is just because we're doing a lot of road course stuff. Um, yeah. He has no road course background, really. Um, <laughs> That's so, funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. So it's – as a driving standpoint, it's kind of hard to throw ideas off of each other on that. But um, what he does bring to the table is what we went through last year. Um, having our family-owned team and stuff. Uh, when he raced NASCAR, yes, he had team owners and stuff, but he was kind of like the GM anyway and ran the team. Um, so the 30 years he spent in stock car racing, he kind of built a great database, um, and it set us up perfectly for last year. I mean, I know the results didn't show, but the pace and stuff we had for a family-owned team for what we were going up against, I felt like was really well. Um, so... I feel like if anything he's taught me, it's just do it the right way. Um, yeah. you're, you're only as good as your equipment, too. Um, there's no reason to try to. If you got a 30th place car, don't try to beat the 20th place car, you know, because it's yeah. only going to end yeah. up bad. Um, luckily, he's given me great equipment to drive to where I can go out there and just worry about me, really. It's not more or less the car. That's the holdup. I think it's more or less me just drive, building as a driver. Um, so I just say do it the right way kind of thing. Um, it'd be really hard to pinpoint one thing. 
Are there uh, are we doing any other uh, races this year? I know um, Roval's coming up. Do you know if you're going to be uh, doing that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, it's, sir. It's, there it is. It's it's Roval season. I've yet to really announce it, but I can do it here, I guess. Um, <laughs> you're running some cool. racing with it. Yeah, <laughs> getting that yeah, track get, time. <laughs> yeah, I just I need to learn not to stuff it in the wall this year, especially with no that's, practice. That's, it's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, so we got that one. It's going to be a really cool weekend for me. Um, like I kind of hinted at earlier, we're doing the runoffs, the Miatas again, uh, yes, going sir. for number two. So that it's always cool to compete in doing that. We were so close last year to getting that. We finished second at VIR, but uh, we get to go back and try to get at Road America, and it's actually that Friday um, of that weekend. And then I'm going to fly out. Oh wow! Drive. Weekend. Yeah, I'm going to drive weekend. from Road yeah. America to to the Roval the next day and see how we do there. Sweet. But um, it's cool. I love. I'll be sure to check those out this year. Yeah, so it's it's Roval slash uh, runoff season. Okay. So if we can work on a hashtag or something. Do you know if there's I, anyone I else doing do that uh that version of the double with you? No, I I don't think uh, it's Blicky's, been done. Blicky's too scared. Uh Blicky actually he doesn't do a lot of SCCA stuff. The uh, the NASCAR schedule, I guess, is too important to come back that's and do fair sports cars. He, he <laughs> yeah. does run a little bit more races per year, so that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. The only bummer too is um not really a bummer, it kinda keeps SCCA credibility up, but you can't just top in and do the runoffs. You have to run two or three majors, that, as they call before enough. the runoffs. So, uh, judging by his prior racing schedule, I don't think he's ran one this year. <laughs> uh, so, Understandable. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go club racing and then go pro racing. See how that one goes. But you know, I feel like just the looking, taking a step back and look at the grand scheme, like for 11 or pretty much every weekend of the year a lot of them you, you get to go to racetracks and compete or just enjoy the show which is something i, I mean me and anthony both with the race fans really almost a goal of ours mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Nah, it's awesome especially gonna go to the racetracks and competing i mean it for a long time i didn't think i was ever gonna get in a miata or something full size after quarter midgets um and then luckily enough i got in the miatas and i never thought i was gonna get out of one of those things um just because how poor we did at times um and then i never thought in my wildest dreams i'd be in a an ass car sure. especially an xfinity car and uh <laughs> already have five races five career starts yeah, two top yeah. tens too yeah so i mean really Big there's time, there's no complaining here <laughs> yeah what what's a racing goal right now that you have on the top of your list something achievable not in like win a cup series championship this next upcoming year but something that you can look inside yourself and say you know what i can actually do that I don't know. I mean, I'm always goal-driven. I feel like um, coming into this year, I just wanted a top 20 just because okay. I didn't finish any races last year. <laughs> Knocked um, it out of the water. Two top yeah, 10s, so, not too bad. Yeah, we, went yeah. Indian. we got that one right away, and then everyone's like, oh, what's your goal now? I'm like, it's just Do top 15. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, even a top 20 is good in the series. I mean, we're going yeah, exactly. against guys that can compete every week. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm in a race car quite a bit but I'm not in that car every week like those yeah. guys are. And then let alone a stock car every week. So when I come and drive one of their cars, it's, it's a little, I'm a little off. I feel like a rusty, um, but yeah, luckily we had two top tens and going into Daytona, another goal, I guess was a top 10. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it didn't turn out that way. But hey, whenever uh, your goal is a top 10, after looking back and saying your goal is a top 20, you know, you've done something right. Yeah. And especially for the budget we got, like I said, yeah. looking back on it, uh, you got to be realistic about everything. And I feel like a realistic goal going into this year is a top 20. Um, yeah. 
still a top 15 is realistic. I mean, all it takes is nine other, 10 other guys to have a good day. There's, you guys, you guys know, there's 15 competitive Xfinity guys. Any mm-hmm. given weekend, they can finish in the top five. Yeah. Um, so just saying you're going to be one of those 10 is hard to say. Um, so I would say a future goal of mine would be um, finish a race again. would be nice. Um, <laughs> but other than that, would be uh, compete on oval and be semi-competitive. Um, and when I say semi-competitive, I mean, a top 20 would be a win probably. Yeah. Um, with no little backing or anything like that. So we're not um, talking like a Daytona crapshoot, like anyone can get a top 20 if half the field are actually out. You're talking somewhere like a mile and a half or even a short legitimate, track. Le- well, yeah. not yeah, legitimate, a short but, you know, like something that's yeah. like much more earned rather than put yourself in the right place mm-hmm. at the right time. Yeah, I mean, still at the end of the day, those things are obviously, you can't discount the yeah. guy if they get a top 20 or a win on a super yeah. speedway. I mean, yeah. everyone else had the same opportunity as that. But um, like you said, I feel like that would be I mean a lot more to me. Um, a lot of validation right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying our two our two top tens this year weren't validation or anything. Exactly. Yeah. But there were strategy involved. Um, it was nice at Daytona. I mean, like I said before, the result wasn't there, but we actually had pace to be top ten. Um, so looking back on it, someone just couldn't say, "Oh, he stayed out." You know, the last three starts and everyone else wrecked or whatever, and he mm-hmm. managed to get a top ten. I feel like Daytona, um, we actually had pace to say, "Yeah, I guess we are top ten speed." Um, so that was cool, but I don't know. Another goal would be probably maybe one day have enough fun to do a, like a full season in Xfinity. Ooh. Um, it would always be a dream or something to do something like that. Now, would you want to do Xfinity over trucks? Is that something that would interest you? I would say anything would be okay. nice, but, <laughs> um, like I can't say no to either. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I like Xfinity looking at the schedule. It fits me a little bit more, obviously. Trucks only have that one road course right now. Um, so that's, yeah, that, I mean, to me, that's kind of a turnoff because um, I feel like Xfinity is only growing their road course presence. Yeah. Um, and is the it, cars. Six this year or six scheduled at the beginning? Something yeah, like we had five, five scheduled. Or six? Yeah. yeah, five scheduled. So wow. obviously that's a lot. I mean, that's almost. Yeah, let's let's probably, hope Cup can get there soon. Yeah, and uh, that's almost a quarter of the schedule or not a quarter, probably past an eighth, though, at least I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, so I would say hopefully they get more schedules, more more schedules, more tracks to the schedule. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I like the Xfinity cars, too, just because how cost-effective they are in a way. Yeah, that composite trucks. body's got to do wonders. Yeah. yeah, it's a huge advantage um, for people like us to come and compete because you don't have to worry about you know a better body out there. You know, everyone's got the same body. Mm-hmm. It might be hung a little different, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that's for the rules to interpret when you go through the laser. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think everyone's somewhat equal. Um, So it's nice going to do that. Um, I mean, obviously the trucks, they have the Elmore package and stuff. So it's a little bit back there too, but I feel like the Xfinity series is nice too, because they got the TV coverage on NBC occasionally, occasionally on big time Fox, a little bit more than the truck series is. I was gonna say there's there's a couple weekends, especially this past weekend in Darlington, where Xfinity is on Big NBC and Cup is on NBCSN, and it's it's cool to that see y'all get the real big spotlight there. Yeah, I know it's awesome too, um, especially for a guy like me. Um, we're kind of bringing smaller companies um, as sponsors. A lot of people we work with our family business. Uh, we get their logos on the side of the car, um, so when they're on national television yeah. and they can 
tell their buddies, hey, look, our card, you know, is on NBC or something. I mean, that's that's hard to turn down. Um, <laughs> and it's nice for sponsors. I, I know, obviously, with COVID this year, it's really tough, and you don't really want to ask people for money um, to fund a race car. But normally, on during normal times prior, um, it's really easy to probably sell to people to say, hey, our car is going to be on NBC, then, you know, a cable channel or something like that. Yeah, that's um, big-time cookies. Plus, yeah, the return on investment they get, too, especially now with social media and everything, that you can say, hey, like, welcome this sponsor. And there, there's so many eyes on social media that even if they might not see the logo on TV, they'll see it across social channels, channels whether it be, you know, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of impressions you're getting yeah. compared to, for us, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it comes down to how much money you got, unfortunately, to be in the series. But we looked at it when I got on Miata's, um, or not when I got out, but when I just wanted to kind of grow as a driver, um, really cost-wise, unfortunately, it's not much more to go Xfinity racing than some other feeder series to get there. Um, so really, looking at the end of the day, the, the kind of the jump is you get the TV, you get the eyes on you to run that series for almost not really the same cost, but no way it is. Interesting. Perfect. Never really thought right. about it that way. Like it, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, you don't want to throw other series under the bus, but when you go to like the Snowball Derby or something like that, let's say, where you got to buy X amount of tires, mm-hmm. you had to buy a pit crew, you had to spend a week up there with your own team. I mean, that racks up a lot of money. Um, yeah. And another yeah, series, that's expensive. Yeah, and you're not on the national spotlight, unfortunately, because those guys deserve every bit of it. I mean, they should be on national television. Absolutely, yeah. But unfortunately, they're not. So looking at the dollar, I mean, it's kind of hard. It was hard not to say return on investment wise. Hey, let's just (laughs) go on Xfinity racing. I mean, it's really unorthodox, but I mean, really at the end of the day, kind of budget aligned a little bit better. Right. Well, let's get this uh, wrapping up soon. We don't want to take away from your taco Tuesday. I know you mentioned that to me earlier. Uh, (laughs) Preston, what is your taco of choice? Oh, man. Um, you could tell I'm from America. Um, so I, I go with the most basic taco there uh, is at Taco Bell. Just cheese oh, and meat. Yep, oh, no. nothing that, on it. We're yeah, doing that I'm kind a, of taco, too. So hey, no, absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, nothing wrong hey, with that. I'm a Del Taco guy. but Look, I grew up in the uh, millennial movement of uh, chicken tenders for every meal. So every time I have something, it's really basic. That's so I, found, I put my big boy pants on and I went to lettuce. Um, okay. Ooh, my tacos. Proud of you. Yep. Now yeah, that, I took that leap a couple of years ago. I haven't looked back. A uh, big moment for sure. I yeah. feel like I'm just so like fancy over here. I'm like, I, I got the Baja fish taco with a little bit of slaw and some pickled uh, onions on there. Like, oh man, you guys are you guys are taking baby steps. Yeah. Nah, hey. Look, I kind of <laughs> I, I started looking at queso oh. about oh. about six months ago. Gotta have I, queso. That changed my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't wait till you learn about guacamole. yeah that's a little bit too green for me uh (laughs) hey will rogers uses all those resources up so um i i kind of stay away from guac fair enough fair enough uh can you give us your best uh spec miata interpretation or interpretation imitation imitation what would that be like vocally or descriptive um give us a little neil hey change subjects and let me get my youtube video up here in a second (laughs) Well, I asked this. I asked this for every um, 
guests we have on the podcast. But I'd like to know if you can go back in time to any racing event and watch it live, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, luckily, like I said prior, I'm in Daytona, so I've been to a few 500s. Mm-hmm. It was awesome to see Junior get his second. Oh, you were at the oh, you're at the 2014. Nice. Yeah, oh, the never ending yeah. 500. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was actually, I think, my first 500 I went to. Oh, um, okay. I'm a huge Jimmy fan. Um, ever since my dad got out of NASCAR, he, um, he's like, oh, you, sh- you should root for Jimmy or whatever. So as a kid, I mean, I, I went full 48, got everything. Um, That's so fair I enough. I had a great childhood. The guy yeah. won all the races. Um, <laughs> but I didn't really learn to enjoy him as much nowadays watching, unfortunately. Um, it proves how tough competition is. Mm-hmm. But um, I had the opportunity to go watch his seventh championship one a few years ago at Homestead. Awesome. Um, and I didn't get that's, to do it. Awesome. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Oh. So that was probably, that's the one I wish I went and watched. That's your answer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that one hurt. That's Honestly, a, that is a good choice though. This is a crazy race. So that's yeah. up there. That's up there on mine too. Cause I, I'm a big Tony Stewart fan or was a big Tony Stewart fan growing up while you were winning championships during Every year from 2006 to 2010, I got I got mine uh, a little bit before and after that, so I I didn't have the worst childhood. But yeah, being Tony's final race and also seeing Jimmy's last championship would have been a super cool event to be at. Yeah, I just I don't know. It, it kind of proves how significant that finale race is at a finale track. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't take advantage of it when it was at Homestead for that many years. Yeah, um, that many big moments happened there. And as a huge it was NASCAR fan, huge. I mean, it would have been huge to be a part of. Yeah. Just to, you know, tell people, you know, like now on a podcast, yeah, the coolest race I ever went to is when uh, the GOAT won a seventh championship. Um, <laughs> so I can't say that, though. So it's okay, know. man. I got the I got Miata to do... impression. Yeah. You hear it. <laughs> Run it. You, yeah, hit, hit us with it. <laughs> Can you hear that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. You got to keep it going for about 30 seconds. For all I've definitely seen that video on Twitter. That's actually going to be our transition on this thing on the podcast. I'll download that video, throw it as a transition in between our podcast and the interview. So thank you for giving me that motivation. Preston. No problem. Hey, oh, that's what I'm for. I'm, I'm here anytime. If you guys want to have me, like I said, hey. I'm only a part-time field filler sometimes. So we should get, we should get some SCCA guys on here and have a nice little, uh, Let's have you and Brad. You. Run yeah. You, Brad, I know <laughs> Brian Horowitz has talked about wanting to come on here. So, you know, we oh, gotta get a couple of those guys. Yeah, yeah even get hey, get, a... yeah, get the, get the pro expect me out of guy Will Rogers on here, and that Ooh. would be a highlight. He's dead, well, man. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's see. We get December's uh, cleared off on our schedule after a bunch of racing. We yeah, get all you guys best... together. That might be perfect. Yeah, and the best thing about Miata racing too is it's all year round. The only month we get off is December, so perfect. we can have a podcast. And like get some of these guys to go to a Sebring National or something with me, so we can have a good time, you know? Yes, like sir. a little wager going on or something Ooh, for you guys. Got yeah. my attention there. There you go. Well, yeah. Well, listen, we will hope for the best there, and uh, see what happens come December. Because that you got me, you got me tickled, excited right now. I won't lie to you. That that would be a lot of fun to get all you guys together. But uh, we'll look forward to that, Preston. Thank you so much for coming on, man. This has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, one of our best interviews for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I wish I 
I had more time here. Like I said, I got Taco Tuesday. Nah, dude, enjoy your tacos. (laughs) But I really appreciate you guys getting me on here. Um, For sure, man. I'd love to be back. Maybe in December, though. Yeah. Uh, Anything you want to advertise before you go? No, I just want to thank everyone uh, for the support. Um, I've been getting the Xfinity stuff. Like I kind of hinted at earlier, it's it's really – I don't know how to phrase it. It's really cool, though, to see the amount of support I'm getting from, like, the road racing community. All the Spec Miata guys, uh, when I go do the Xfinity stuff, it's it's really cool to see um, that our attempts haven't went without notice. Um, and, yeah, I think that's it. And I appreciate you guys doing the show. Like I said, it's an honor to be on here. Yeah, man. If we uh, don't talk to you, you. Uh, again until your fun weekend in October with the Roval and the uh, <laughs> championship, good luck on, on both of those. Yeah, events, good man. luck, homie. All right. Well, I'll need it. I'll need some chicken tenders. I'll All right, contact man. Vargas. I was going to yes, say, sir. get your nugs. Yeah, yeah. get the and nuggies. We'll, we'll need to be energized. But um, yeah. like I said, thank you guys. Awesome, man. Take care. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Preston, for coming on. Like we said, we we, we do want to get all those uh, Spec Miata SCCA guys on. And I feel like, you know, he kind of gave us a little bit of a hint with December being that month that they won't be uh, too busy. So we'll, we want to have some fun stuff planned for you guys in the future. I got some things with some dirt drivers. I might get them on. Oh, yeah. In the, in the, uh, yeah, I don't We don't do enough dirt racing stuff. You know, I will say I don't have to like Kyle Larson as a human being sometimes, but I will respect the hell of him as a dirt driver. That was, oh, yeah. he, he won again. And I mean, it's not even like Kyle Larson dominates. It's that he's like running in third and fourth and then he'll just make these moves. And you're like, well, he's gone now. Like you can't even see him on the same yeah. screen. He's a great driver. He's a great <laughs> he driver. Is, on dirt. Is. I mean, if not, not, start not, off... not a great, not a great, uh, person when it comes saying. to talking. But... <laughs> I, uh, Anyway, so if we want to start off the 2021 version of this episode, I mean, technically the first big racing weekend of the year is the Chili Bowl, so we could have a full in-depth uh, analysis We can totally that. do that, but uh, oh, yeah. let's get down to some business and uh, round... Well, no, let's not round out the field, but before we get into our Richmond picks, I think we need to talk about the big news that happened today. Yeah, we alluded to it earlier before the interview, and just out of... Not even left field, like, I'm talking from... This is from freaking Saturn's rings, man. Yeah, like way out there. So Auto Club, for those who haven't seen, Auto Club Speedway, you know, the the two-mile D-shaped oval in Fontana, California, is going to be a short track, high-banked, kind of like a a Martinsville-Bristol hybrid um, starting in 2022. So they're going to run the the same layout as they have been since its conception in 1997 uh next year but then as soon as they're done they're they're gonna tear up some shit and get uh get some short track race underway which is i'm i'm mixed on it i'm not gonna lie i think it it does make sense because one we're getting a short track outside the southeast which and with so many short track fans around the country it's gonna be good to have a a really good one out west and also a unique one i mean Martinsville shape, but Bristol banking. That I don't even know what what to expect. On I have no that. idea what we're gonna see. This is <laughs> yeah. like I am trying to eat. Like my okay, the only way I can really picture this is like when I was a little kid, 
and this is going to sound weird, but I used to play like with little toy cars and I had this one track in my grandmother's house that I would just play on a little surface that was about Martinsville's length, but with really tight corners, I would imagine it like that. Okay. And I was like, these bastards at NASCAR <laughs> reach into my dreams and pick that track out. And we're like, perfect. So your dreams, just, Anthony's dreams is finally becoming a reality. Uh, guys, we're bringing this segment back. We do it all the time <laughs> occasionally. So, we're, But, I mean, I'm being serious. I have no idea what to expect. Like, I mean, how fast are they going to go into these corners? Will, these cor- will it be clue. safe? That's my biggest <laughs> thing. How much is the banking? Is this safe? Like, I, if a car just completely loses it out of one and two, are they just going to hit the wall at, like, at a, a terrible angle? That's what I'm thinking, first and foremost. Because if yeah. you look at this track compared to the size of Auto Club, I don't know if you saw the picture today on, <laughs> on Twitter that was circulating, but it literally is just the front straightaway. It doesn't even go far enough to reach the pit road. It's a small boy. It is small. <laughs> it's, a, it's a half mile, right? Yeah, half mile. That's, it, this is the shortest track on the circuit, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be... Bristol is, is, is 0.517, like... I think. Sure, I, I don't I'll know the exactly. It. But yeah, around half a mile, yeah, which would make it one of the shortest, if not the shortest track, which is unique. I mean, we're all for uniqueness. Um, we're definitely going to miss having Auto Club as its, you know, its normal stuff. I know we yeah, saw it was, Michigan. It, it gave us some good races, man. Let's yeah. be real. Gave us some I mean, snoozers, but gave us some really good races. I, I would rather race at Auto Club than I would at Michigan right now. Um, but I financially, I mean, the land out there is so it expensive. Makes sense. So if they want to sell that land, so much sense. I mean, NASCAR's making a profit on that. Plus, to have, I mean, with everything going on in that area right now, I mean, NFL, they're getting a brand new city alert stadium, and that's going to host football, World Cup, the Olympics. I mean, that's that's going to be unreal. So NASCAR has yeah. to do something to say, hey, we have hey, a really cool us. venue out here too. Well, it not be might not be in downtown. It's it's close enough, and that market um, is you have to be in that market if you're any professional organization trying to establish and keep a national brand because LA, Mm -hmm. I mean, how many commercials do you see a year of just some random, like it's like Acura promoting their new car and they're just driving around the auto club in the commercial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I'm excited for it. I saw victory lane in the little blueprint they had victory lane is going to be outside the tracks. I don't know how the hell that's going to work, but that's, Oh boy. Retractable, Um, retractable walls. That's yeah. I I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that there might works. be a tunnel let's i hope we'll, there's a tunnel we'll figure it out hopefully it's something that won't lead to the uh michael wall trip disintegrating that's what i'm car saying 1990 yeah. that's um fear. and i looked it up bristol is in fact 0.533 miles so i was close okay we'll see we'll see which one's shorter when this track is actually finished but i will yeah. say i'm mean, very excited to see what happens here um I, oh, yeah. you, you talked about it the land is so expensive there and if they didn't do anything with it, they would have had a repave, and the repave probably would have been just like Michigan, and the racing would have been atrocious, and we probably would end up losing Auto Club, and the investors would go into debt with it. And yeah. I think with this, they're taking a risk that will definitely excite fans. We've been begging NASCAR for more short tracks. Obviously, you know, you can argue, oh, but we already have short tracks on the circuit guys there's iowa is literally it's like (laughs) listen man we get it we want iowa on the circuit there is a chance we could still get iowa eventually we are getting nashville also there is the talk of that being turned into a a short track like iowa and richmond well no they wouldn't turn that track they already have a short track out there (laughs) whatever anyways the point is we event we are nascar is listening to us apparently but they're just 
teaching us a very, very valuable life lesson that we all need to learn. Patience. Patience. Yes. Speaking, um, of, speaking of patience, I'm going to absolutely lose it this weekend when it comes to Richmond. So <laughs> fair. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, we'll, we'll see how, yeah, like we said, that all works out. I mean, people are saying, well, why don't they just do it to Kentucky or uh, Texas Motor Speedway or Atlanta? One, you got to remember. Yeah, yeah they just own, did a repave. Also. Well, NASCAR re- doesn't own those tracks. Um, that's also true. Thank you. That's the big part. I mean, if SMI wants to do something similar, I think Atlanta's their best option to where they don't have to well, necessarily... They're almost done with that uh, casino deal that they were doing. Oh, yeah. That that would be cool. Something like that. I mean, if, well, if I have we an lose... insider that said that that's almost uh, a Hell yeah. Go. Let's do they, it. What, I mean, what NASCAR, what they want to do, Atlanta wants to make that their finale again for the NASCAR season, which goes back it. to my idea of, um, you know, just make a uh, one, three, three, three. I always say this all the time, but just do it and rotate the last three races so you can make Atlanta <laughs> your finale, maybe Vegas your finale, maybe Phoenix your finale. Yes, but what I have we'll heard see. also, going back to Auto Club, is that NASCAR wants to make the final few races of the season a West Coast swing, potentially, with Phoenix. Auto Club and Vegas potentially being like the last three races of the season. I don't think it's a bad idea. Hell, I would throw I mean, Sonoma in there too if you could get a road oof. course. In the, I mean, we already have a Roval and you don't want to oversaturate the Rovals in the playoffs. Um, I get that. Uh, but who, I mean, who knows? It'll be excited to see that. That's why I'm saying like 2022, I expect is when we'll see the real big schedule changes. I know we're getting national yeah. next year and I know there's a couple cool things up the sleeves, but especially with COVID, like. Steve Phelps was saying earlier this week, I read somewhere, that they might not release the entire 2021 yeah, schedule I, at that, once. They're that's probably, fine. Yeah, I mean, if if anything, it gives us something to look forward to more. Because if they release, like, the first couple races, like, obviously, Daytona 500, we know when that's going to be. And then they're probably going to go to the West Coast swing after that. Um, and then back to, like, Atlanta. We probably know, um, like, a few Bristol. races. Like, probably Daytona is still going to be the cutoff. Probably mm-hmm. gonna finish in Phoenix again and Daytona, yeah. and I, I, the only other thing might be like the Coke 600 Memorial Day weekend. But hell, let's say they release the first part of the schedule this month or October, something like that. You know, stuff to look forward to. People can start planning those events. But then in December or January, they release new tracks with like new dates and even new venues. That would be it's cool. It's, it gives the fans enough time to plan those trips like I, I never understood why they wanted to rush putting out a schedule like the original 2021 schedule was supposed to literally come out in uh april and like you should you should wait to see how your changes for this year work out like not necessarily wait until the finale in in uh phoenix to release it but like to see how the the brickyard weekend goes and that went super good obviously they didn't have fans but, like the ratings for both those races were off the charts compared to what they've been in the past especially for that weekend yeah well we just got to play the waiting game and like yeah. I, I i alluded to it patience my friend patience patience, patience. so um well uh, dude this i love playing the schedule game with you because it constantly is just a never-ending change i mean did we really expect this to happen with auto club absolutely not this is like who's the last say, thing on earth that we thought who's to say so, this doesn't also happen to chicagoland because they're yeah they're, i saw chicagoland know, we've mentioned atlanta you know, I would love to see Texas absolutely blown off the face of the earth and turned into something that doesn't suck. But you know what? We'll we'll we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to, I really shit on Texas so much. <laughs> let's let's say NASCAR goes through it. We we want to make Chicago land into was it Pepsi Max Stadium like the oh three miles you track? Mean Taylor and... Swift Superdome. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, <It's... laughs> 
I mean, that, we this... don't want that. Trust me, we've run uh, NR two thousand three races on there. It doesn't work. Yeah, who who knows what what could happen? Uh, I'd love to see them going forward instead of Texas. I yeah. We all, who who we says we he we won't see Coda? We'll play the waiting game, Kevin. So uh, nice. let's go ahead and get things rolling though with uh with uh, Richmond picks. So yeah, we got I a mean... couple of races. We got we got a lot of races this weekend. We got. First of all, we get to wake up Sunday morning to Mojello. Then we get to, we we got a doubleheader in Indy at Mid Ohio. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, the it's I think that's one o'clock start time. Which like unfortunately God for IndyCar, I get it. It's cool. You gotta have the race sometime. But if they would have started at noon, not exactly oh, me, at the same I'm time watch when NFL is kicking races. off. I'm gonna figure out how to do it. I don't care how it, if it's impossible. I will figure out a way. I'm just saying um, Sunday afternoon NFL kickoff is getting my attention. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's also mid-Ohio. It's not the most exciting race in the world, but, I mean, they do put on a good show there. They do. They do. Yeah, um, I mean, wait, Felix almost won that race last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's good that they're even getting races yeah. there this year because we there was a point in time where we, we were not sure. So we get the doubleheader with Xfinity. We got a truck race. Do we get a truck race at Richmond? Yes, we, we do. Did. First truck race at Richmond in forever. Yeah, so that could be fun. Those guys definitely are going to be beating and banging off each other. And then, uh, yeah, a couple on Sunday. So Saturday night. Saturday night. Thank you. Yes. All right. Cool. Um, I don't have to worry about having to watch that after a long day of football. And <laughs> Do you have Messi so, or Alex's pick yet? You know I don't have their picks. Okay. Come on. Great. I, I forgot <laughs> to get Alex's picks like two weeks ago, and he texted me right before the race. And Perfect. it's just like, you're going to get my picks? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's it's um, tough to keep this going trust me but we we have things um kind of worked out so if i recall i don't think any of us picked uh kevin harvick to win oh shit uh methy did i had truex um so rip <laughs> on that yeah uh so unfortunately i did i did not have a good point yeah, chase elliott so rip ah, rip rip uh, yeah, so we, we took each other out because obviously they, they know that the real competition of racing mm-hmm. this year is between you and me for the victory, yeah. even though you have about Methy, a... Methy needed those extra 35 uh, bonus mm-hmm. points, and not to mention he also... And Alex ended up picking Harvick actually winning the race, so wow, I guess they had to make it interesting, right? We give out pity points. We, we, we've been giving <laughs> out pity points, just like people have been giving out pity for uh, Jimmy Johnson this year. Yeah. So, um, this week our bonus point picks i had kyle bush at richmond uh you had mtj methy had mtj and then um kyle bush by alex so those are our bonus picks that we did last week for the um for the playoff show but we, these are our actual picks as we move forward so kevin give us your dark horse bud my dark horse this week is going to be christopher bell solely because he's actually one, good it, didn't, here. It, it didn't work out last week so i feel like i'm due um <laughs> Two, the Richmond race has literally been won by Toyota like every year mm-hmm. in the last I don't know how many years. So I, it just makes sense to go with the Toyota camp. That's good. Um, I'm gonna go across the way with the rookies, and I'm gonna go with Tyler Reddick. Is that is that still allowed? Yeah, I'll allow it. All right. Yeah, he hasn't really done anything lately. It feels yeah. like. I, mean, I feel like there's a certain point where he was asleep, but I feel like he's kind of marched right back into dark horse territory. Yeah, he's he's still a good driver. Totally could win a race. I feel like he has experience. I don't know if he won here last year in the two car. I feel like he did, but um, yeah, I can tell you. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, uh, between him, Bell, and then um, Custer, there was a lot of winning going on last year. Yeah, 
But um, either way, I'm I'm gonna stick with Reddick to get get me some points. So uh, who's your sleeper? My sleeper for this week, I'm I'm be honest, I'm just, I'm gonna take all Toyotas. It's gonna be Eric Jones. Oh, gross. Yeah, it's gonna finish in like twenty third, homie. Probably. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go with a driver that doesn't suck and is actually in the uh, playoffs, and I'm gonna okay. go with uh, Kurt Busch. All right, had a great run last weekend. Yeah. So Kurt Busch is. Really good at darling. You just keep forgetting. I get, that. You feel like over the last um, twenty years we would have learned, but no. But I don't think he has a win. There is the funny thing. But he's consistent there. He's, he's consistent. Yeah. I feel like when oh, well. we go to Darlington, Kurt Busch is not like, oh, he's like, okay, here's a chance. Yeah. So, and I think with short tracks, Kurt has shown he's a very, very good short track driver. Um, so I'm gonna take him to get a top five, maybe even sneak out a win. I mean, Chip Ganassi does love winners. He he do he do be he do. All right, so who's your favorite? My favorite, once again, going to stay in the Toyota camp. You said I picked Kyle Busch for my race winner. You picked MTJ as your race winner, so are you going to go across the way? and, and I am going to go. And... Actually, no, I'm going to go with Hamlin. I think because say, Harvick won. Doubling down Hamlin, might be dangerous now. Yeah, Harvick, with that statement, went at Darlington. Um, Hamlin's going Hamlin to respond, win, yeah. uh, and I feel like that's just the way 2020 is gone. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going off the trends here. Um, I'm going to go with... Um... I'm going to go and be lazy with this and pick a driver who's won the last two races at Richmond and go with three in a row. Give me MTJ. He's, no he's going to listen. He's going to have to do really well in this race. Otherwise he might be cooked going into Bristol and knowing Bristol, that's going to be chaos. So I, this is, yeah, he this said is a, controlled chaos. I think at Richmond, he's got a decent buffer, but yeah, like you said, I do not want to be heading into Bristol, especially because I mean, we saw him get turned by destroyed by, yeah. uh, by Kyle Busch uh, a couple of years back. So, yeah, he, he needs to have a good run this week. Yeah, I think Br- Bristol might be the only short track he doesn't have a win at, I think. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. God bless God bless me being right. I'm like fucking six for six. <laughs> Oops, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, anyways. Oh, it's fine. Um... Okay, so we'll get Methy and Alex's picks, and I'll try and post it on Twitter. I, I, I need to do a better job of this. I'm, I apologize for our hardcore listeners that are like, we, we don't understand how this point standings is working anymore. Trust me, I know. Twitter. It, it, Twitter. <laughs> it, it, it's on Twitter occasionally. Just, just follow us on Twitter at LTLN Podcast, and uh, you'll be able to follow that along. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, rounding out the field, Kevin. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I, like, I just want to give a quick shout-out to FSU football. Um, we, we are back this week, and I know I mentioned it at the yeah. beginning of the episode. I know it's not NASCAR related at all, but I am Absolutely oh, not, but this, we are both <laughs> FSU uh, future alumni for you yes. and alumni for me. Yeah, I still got a year to graduate, so let's, let's hope I make it. <laughs> yeah, you'll make it. You'll make it. I just <laughs> yeah. don't have the city goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, dude, FSU football coming up. Uh, who is it? Um, uh, Blackman is going to be our starting quarterback this year. With uh, Yes, sir. I was really hoping we would have had uh, just I, I had his name and I lost it and I have to look it up real quick. It was uh Hornybrook? No, Hornybrook. Oh, yeah. Get him out of here. Jordan Travis. I was okay. hoping to see Jordan Travis get some playing time, but I think he hurt himself. Oh no. I don't know. He was a quarterback last year that was like a run option guy, so he wasn't really throwing, and I think that Norvell kind of wants someone who can actually throw a football. But you know. We'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. Georgia Tech's gonna be a good first test and see. Yeah, if our I'm, I'm excited. Can, It'll be a good. Or if our defense can actually, you know, like not die of dehydration on the field, I think we'll be fine because those guys run a really quick <laughs> offense. Yeah. Um. 
Uh, Kyle Busch and Clint Boyer are both going to have fill-in crew chiefs this week at Richmond due suspensions. I, I, I saw that earlier. Yeah, Boyer's got Zippy on the box this weekend, which, I mean, yeah, how that's, a, that's always Chase a good Briscoe. sign. That's always a good sign. <laughs> this year, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see what else. There was, a, there was some kind of shuffling going on, I feel like. Uh, some silly season news that I, I forgot to mention. We... We didn't mention it, but Geico, I know we, we talked about mm. it, I think, just after we stopped recording last week. It was yeah. just a rumor, but Geico has evidently informed uh, their team. Uh, why can't I think of the team right Jermaine. now? Jermaine. Thank you. Jermaine Racing, that they will not be coming back as the sponsor on their car, which is a huge blow to them. But also for it, Geico, yeah, I, I understand it because you put, you put a lot of money in that team, and now you're also the one of the premier partners. So you're, you're like... If you're an Oscar fan, not you don't even have to, to be diehard. You know that Geico is an amazing supporter of the sport. They yeah. they have probably one of, if not the most, out at track. Uh, what's it called? Present uh, active activations. Presence. Sure, that's you solid. They always have a massive booth, show car, all that. So I don't want any Geico slander on my timeline. Um, Listen, it, they it, have it does been also. They have been like with that team for years and years. Like mm-hmm. when they had Max Pappas, Casey yeah. Mears, yeah. Uh, and now Ty Dillon, and they, you know they've expected to see some kind of improvement. I feel like with the team, and, and honestly, it's just not there. They and got two stage wins out of it. Uh, two times stage <laughs> winner Ty Dillon. Yeah. But I will say, um, you know, we've seen other teams like Front Row, Furniture Row, uh, Levine Family Racing, and uh, even RPM of lately. They've grown. And they've gotten better with time. And yeah. that because of that, they've gained sponsorship. They've gained support. They've gained investments. Jermaine Racing has RCR, and it's not really wor- working well. Now, here's the thing. Like, Jermaine is not officially done for next year. They are looking for sponsorship. It, I've heard that they could be absorbed by RCR and just become the third RCR car officially. Um, that's been rumored. There's the rumor that Ty Dillon is just going to straight up retire and just become a consultant with um with rcr just like kind of like what uh who's the guy in truck that retired and isn't that ben kennedy that's it that's right yeah obviously not the same circumstances but yeah i was trying to think who's that who's that guy um you know there's that potential i think that it would be great to see uh, the title has gone uh, openly i do not want to like you know just be basically under the Childress name even though he basically is like you know he, he wants to be his own driver I don't know mm-hmm. how beneficial that has been to his career but I mean I, I, I feel like at this point your team's shutting down you haven't really done anything and I, I mean Daniel mentioned it when he was on the podcast two weeks ago like he, Ty is a really good guy and he's really been supportive yeah. of everything Jermaine's been doing so I do want to see Ty like if he wants to keep racing keep racing but at the same For time sure. you know I'm hoping that he can find a ride I'm hoping Jermaine figures this out and I'm hoping that um you know, they, they find sponsorship, but I'm also going to put this out there. I think Geico is going to move to another uh, Chevy team. And if I had to take a guess, might be a driver who's leaving that maybe the sponsorship might not want to stick around and Geico would be a big boost to them. You, I know you're talking in code right there, but I have absolutely no clue what you're talking okay, about. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking that what if Ally decides to back out an NASCAR? Like, Geico would be a great No, Ally's not backing out. Ally's well, the 88 car does not have full sponsorship. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Geico... I'd like to see... Uh, Bowman with a Geico, I think that would be great. Would be I mean, cool. We know the 88 car with insurance companies mm-hmm. in the past. I just don't think Geico really has anything now to gain. Like they, everyone knows their presence, and like obviously, if they want to throw more into, more money into the sport, I am not Please. going to say no to that. Yeah. But 
especially with the COVID time and everything, you, you got to cut costs where you can. And yeah, they're still maintaining a solid presence in the sport, mm-hmm. which we're all super grateful of. So, well, I mean, we'll see how, how Silly that goes. Season. Yeah. Um, season another, continues. another thing out of silly season, not really surprising per se, but uh, Kenza just came out and said he, he does expect to not be back in racing next year. At least in cup surprise, series. surprise. Yeah, so that that's not really uh, a big surprise, but for those who were holding out hope that Genseth would retain the uh, forty-two car for next year, sorry to burst your bubble. Yeah, I, it's. I think that this might be it for Genseth. I It's yeah. a shame. I think that his the twilight of his career has just been kind of. It's been rough, but I mean, I will say his Phoenix win a couple years ago in twenty seventeen is still one of the most awesome moments mm-hmm. that we've had in a very long time. So. He'll always be able to have that. And, you know, I mean, honestly, he had a chance to win the Brickyard 500, 400, sorry. And honestly, with any other package, I feel like Kenseth does win that race. So, um, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I, I could still see Kenseth running a handful of races, maybe like Greg Biffle has been doing lately, but, uh, cool. Yeah, we'll cool. see. We'll see. Some, we'll uh, see some good sponsorship moves, though, on the other side from uh, Geico Smithfield say, I don't know if we mentioned, I don't think we mentioned last week that uh, they are re-signing with the 10 car, which means Almarella the check has cash and he will be back in the 10 car for next year, which is good because I mean, yeah, that's is, good. So he's been probably that rumor. I think you can say one of, if not the most consistent driver. Yeah. Um, and like consistent to where he is, he's always up there challenging for top tens. He, he's made the playoffs the last three years with that team. And that's, I mean, about all as you can ask for besides more wins and like Harvick is obviously the uh the the winner of that team out of the whole bunch but Almirella is a solid guy who uh it doesn't have a lot of fans but as a Tampa boy myself I appreciate another Tampa man making it big in the sport big time cookies right there um couple things Bubba Wallace has announced a uh partnership uh, I believe it was American Apparel he's got a clothing line now Urban Huh? Urban Outfitters, thank yeah. you. I feel like we, instead of having our F1 minute, we should just have the Bubba Wallace new sponsorship minute. because It, it, every... it pretty much be, is like this every week. And I mean, good for him. <laughs> it's man. awesome. Keep, yeah. Dude, it's keep so getting cool. those bags. Just keep collecting so, so cool. them, homie. Yeah. Um, there was another thing I wanted to mention. Okay, so this is a rumor. And I'm going to just, just uh, disclose this as it's a rumor. We have no idea. But apparently Hendrick came out and said they have the driver for the 48 next year. They're not going to announce it yet just because of what's going on in the playoffs. But apparently... It's someone in the playoffs right now that doesn't have a ride for next year or is a free agent. I next think, year. and I, I think all of our minds are going to okay. Well, it's it's De Benedetto, but you're no, saying I Bowman? think it's Bowman. I think it's okay. Bowman. So then, who gets the eighty eight then? That's the million multi million dollar question. If if Hendrick decides to shrink down to a three car team, that would be absolutely. It's a rumor. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. Um, that would be such a tease, though, man. It would be. I know. I it's they can't tickle me like that. I could be wrong. I mean, if they're talking about guys in the play, honestly, and not to like toot our driver's own horn here, but would not be surprised. I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be just completely blown out of the water though if Brandon Jones somehow gets there, just because obviously he's been with the Toyota. Menards money, buddy. No, I'm telling. Not no. Re- or is it Reem? That it's not Reem, no. No, Reem is his big thing. I thought it was or Christopher his... Bell. Well, he, yes, but he's with, um, it was pretty much Brandon Jones. Part of the reason he oh, got that ride yeah, this year. yeah, that's right. 
And now with that team going away, they don't need to spend that ream money. So that ream money might be reallocated somewhere. And if oh, he wants to judge the cup, and I mean he's he is a playoff driver. I know their playoffs technically haven't started, but maybe Hendrick was trying to. Maybe Hendrick was that. trying to. Uh, yeah, we. we but we I'm telling you, sound like absolute idiots. And someone might oh, yeah. like. Someone 100%. might legitimately just screen cap this and just be like, "Wow, look at these morons!" I mean, old takes ex- old takes exposed is now doing NASCAR stuff, and this so is we are no one thinking. Completely biased, but I oh, mean, it's one hundred percent biased. He showed himself; he's improved a lot this year. And if Hendrick is struggling for sponsorship, and Brandon Jones wants to hop the cup, who's to say he can't? I mean, Kevin, it, son of a bitch. if if Bowman moves to that that forty eight, you know, have an established driver already with the Hendrick brand, um, keep that good number going, and then they could rechange. I hate I'm doing this. <laughs> I hate not doing this. But Brandon Jones to the five. <laughs> Start the hashtag, get it going. I'm posting on Twitter right now. I'm actually tweeting it at the moment. Oh man, let's yeah. make it happen. So um, I don't, I don't, I think if Bowman does leave the 88 for the 48, I don't see Hendrick keeping the 88 just because, I mean, Junior brought that number there. And when we think of 88, yeah, you think of Junior, we also think of like Dale Jarrett. Um, and it's, I don't associate the number 88 specifically with Hendrick like I do 48, 24. Um, I, I mean, I associate the 5 and 25 a lot more, so if any of those come back for Brandon Jones or any other driver, whoever it may be, I'm I'm going to be excited. Yes, sir. This has been a long one. I'm not going to lie. It's been a pretty long episode. Thank you guys for uh, sticking around. I don't think we have anything else to talk about right now. Yeah, we, uh, we, I, we've covered a lot this weekend, like we said. Um, fun, fun weekend coming up for sports. Not only a racing, but everything football's so back it's be a good time nba playoffs back. have been awesome in fact i'm going to check the score of the heat game real quick mm-hmm. see how that's going for yeah. us and then uh well everyone have a have a good weekend good rest of your week stay safe wear a mask if you're in tallahassee listen do not go out yeah stop going out <laughs> stop stop having pool parties at uh stadium enclave and, ew uh, god besides that um who have you been yeah I've been, I've been doing pretty good, man. And you know what? Life is life is going pretty good. I got some pretty cool news. I'm moving back to Tampa, baby. I'm Hell coming yeah. back home. Hell I'm moving yeah. in a couple. I'm moving in about a week and a half or so. Oh wow, that's it. Yeah, I I, I found a nice uh, two one over in uh, South of Gandy. I'm gonna be a soggy resident. Well, we will 100% be there at the St. Pete Grand Prix then. If they love yeah, me and Kevin <laughs> are gonna get to go to a race together again at the yeah, end of the if, year. How if, fitting. If I don't get to rework that event. Um, I'm definitely going to go as a fan because I I'll, hopefully I'll show you a good time. Uh, there's a yeah. lot of ways you can meet some cool drivers there. So mm-hmm. uh, and with championship being crowned there too. Exactly. There. Oh, one last thing. I guess rounding out the field. I saw. Um, you know how there was talks earlier about the the V8 supercar driver Scott McLaughlin making his IndyCar start this yeah, year. Yeah, me the, and our IndyCar guy have been talking a lot about that. Yeah. So he might actually. I saw it on Twitter or on the IndyCar star, but he might get his first start at St. Pete, which would be really. Oh. Cool. Please, that'd be let awesome. That happen. Oh, yeah. he's so talented. Yeah. Whew. This, this is a, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up, Kevin. But uh, guys, real quick, make sure to check out StadiumScene.tv. They are our partners for this podcast, and they have been doing a great job getting our our brand out there. If you guys are, um, you know, looking for a new sporting podcast to check out, whether it be soccer, racing, horse racing, baseball, oh, basketball, yeah. football, even lacrosse, Kevin. Even lacrosse. I thought you were about to say LaCroix. <laughs> well, listen. Check out stadiumscene.tv. Find your new favorite sporting podcast and help support 
guys like us here at Left Turns and Loud Noises. They're just trying to get our foot in the door. And better yet, if you are trying to get your foot in the door, make sure to check out Stadium Scenes, StadiumScenesHeat.tv's MVP network. Um, it'll get you connected with a lot more listeners, a lot more potential sponsorships, and they have new features that they're rolling out that can even put you on other episodes of people's podcasts, guests, hosts, whatever it is. That's a cool new feature DJ told us about that I'm really excited to see. So make sure to check out stadiumscene.tv and uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LTLN uh, Podcast. You can follow me at LTLN underscore Anthony and you can follow Kevin at KJCOS99. Hit the nail on the head there, baby. Baby, let's go. Um, yeah, make sure to follow us for uh, updates and, and follow Preston Partis too. He's a he's awesome. He's a really good guy. He needs he needs a lot more support out there. Um, you know, his fan base needs to be growing more and more every single year. And uh, definitely, you know, look look for him at the Roval and uh, the SECA uh, championships at Road America. Man, that was a mouthful. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well. Until next time, I've been Anthony. And I've been Kevin. Thanks, guys, for listening once again. Appreciate each and every one of you. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Stay woke.